This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moyes stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield down on the opening day of the Premier League. One two against Tonga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round to Heya. 2 0 Huddersfield town. 2 0 Huddersfield town. Here's Sanka to turn it into the back. Yes! And Tommins scores! Tommins has scored! One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history! De Quattro's forward! De Quattro's got the better! Yeah! And Laurent De Quattro scores! Laurent De Quattro scores! Welcome to Andy Takes That Chance, the warm-up. Ding-dong, merrily on high. To the top half, we have risen. Matt Shaw, Brady Frost, Chris Markham here to do some blethering. Ah, Deprocha away at Chelsea. Happy days they were indeed. So welcome back to the warm-up. And this week, we will look forward to two games. Uh, Firstly, town visit our neighbours, Barnsley, who have had a little revival of late. And then we host the new version of Carlisle United, as we seem to get Blackburn around Christmas every year. Now it seems to be the done thing. Tranmere as well. Oh, my God. We used to play Tranmere every year. And they say it's a random fixture computer, but we know different. And crew, random. Town and Barnsley are old rivals and have played each other on 74 occasions. Uh, Town have 32 wins, 15 draws, and Barnsley have won 27. Uh, This week's memorable game was at Oakwell in 2003. A Martin Smith cross and a towering header by the Big Bad Booth gave Huddersfield a a 1-0 win. Uh, which was sealed in part thanks to an incredible save onto the post by Andy Takes That Chance guest summariser Phil Senior. Uh, town looked like they'd have a decent chance of staying up that after that day, but sadly, administration, a little bit of embarrassment and relegation were not too far away. I don't know if you remember that game, Chris. I do vaguely, yeah. I remember that header. It was, it was a, did he go up with the keeper? No. No, it was a, no, a bit of a loop. I think Martin Smith got it on the right-hand side, whipped it over and Booth just, I think he stuck it down the middle though. But it was a, uh, yeah, I thought it was something like that. Yeah, so let's have a look at Blackburn as well, because we're doing both teams this this one. Uh, it's a Christmas bumper bonanza. Uh, Blackburn, so we've played 90 times. I didn't realise we've played Blackburn so many times. It's uh, an incredible amount, really. Uh, with Town winning 24, 34 draws and 32 Blackburn wins. Uh, not often have the opposition had a better head-to-head record since we started doing this, and Blackburn certainly do. Uh, the memorable game I've picked here is from September 1993. So even if you weren't born at that time, Brady, possibly. I wasn't. And uh, you will obviously have seen this on YouTube because it's one of the classic clips from Huddersfield Town down the years. And it was uh, the League Cup. So you remember League Cup in 1993. Huddersfield 
Oh, well, 92-93, sorry. Huddersfield had a bit of a playoff hangover after losing to Peterborough the year before. Uh, but we actually saw some decent performances in the League Cup. And Alan Shearer played up front for Blackburn, a very young Alan Shearer at the time. And he scored an absolute wonder goal at Leeds Road, you know, curled it in off the post from 25 yards. And I think it was Ify and Yuravine, Ewan Roberts's head that got the uh, equaliser for town. And then we went to Blackburn. Blackburn, obviously top of the Premier League, top, well, as, as well, it was the Premier League then, I think, wasn't it? So top and top end of the Premier League, really good side, spending a lot of money. And they went, they found themselves 2-0 up just after half time. And then probably one of the, the best comebacks you'll see from a town team. It Obviously, it didn't get completed, but Simon Ireland was the man doing the damage on that day. And he's a, probably not a very well-known town player. And he ran rings round uh, Blackburn and Ewan Roberts scores at Earth. <laughs> sort of an infamous goal where the goalkeeper kicks it straight at Ewan's heels from outside the box and it, it manages to go in. Uh, and uh, Gary Barnett also scores. But Town 3-2 up. Sadly, Alan Shearer then got busy and uh, we ended up losing the game 4-3. But if you check that one out on YouTube, it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, a barnstormer, is that one? Uh, so, enough of me. Uh, Brady, give us the lay of the Feast of Stephen. How's it looking? Uh, who do you want me to do first, Matthew? It's up to you. Barnsley. All right, I'll start. I'll start with Barnsley. Um, so yeah, they're thirteenth in the table. Um, it, I've basically done the same prep for both. They're they're on the same amount of points of us as us, but Barnsley have identical goal difference to us. They've also won the same number of games, um, eight wins, but they've also lost eight like us. Um, got three wins in the last five. Tend to average over eleven shots a game, um, but. As we kind of mentioned, quite a lot's happened at Barnsley already. Um, Ger- Gerhard Struber um, left, went to New York Red Bulls, and they've got uh, Valerie Nishmail in, and he seems to really have uh, transformed the team uh, in a short space of time. So it- it's going to be a good game, this. I think um, it's, I'm sure we'll go on to, but you know, when when we last had a Yorkshire Derby on Boxing Day, like I, this is a game I'd really have loved to have gone. Yeah, uh, gone I to. agree, massively agree with that. Mm. Uh, yeah that was it <laughs> okay so strengths and weaknesses of Barnsley Chris just from looking at things they've had a bit of a new manager bounce there um, mm-hmm. hit a little bit of form I think they'd won three in a row and then uh, lost to Swansea last time out didn't they so uh, seemed to play a bit of a three-four-three system quite fluid and um, look like they're hurting quite a lot of teams at the moment yeah do you know what they're doing unbelievable I mean obviously having lost the manager as well um, who was obviously done so well for him last season. And I think everyone's just been waiting for him to to go down since they came back up. And, you know, they've they've been really creative in the transfer market and they've actually come up with, you know, a real identity, which you probably wouldn't associate with Barnsley, but I'm sure people, similar to almost what people said when, obviously, we started with with David in terms of trying to create that that identity and that revolution. So I think it's um, it, it's going to be a really interesting game. Obviously, like you said, they've that they're in a good bit of form recently. Um, they've, if you go a bit further back, they've won four and lost four of the last eight. Um, so they tend to be a bit all or nothing, like you say, the three four three. I think it can be a really difficult system for teams to to game plan against. So I'll be intrigued to see how we go about playing against that because obviously it can go quickly into a back five, um, particularly out of possession to make it hard to break down. But then obviously you can with with the three forwards and wing backs still pile people forwards as well. So it's going to be interesting. If if you look at them, I think they've got a really um, interesting style. Um, I'm going to talk about in possession at the moment. So they have the fewest crosses per game in the league uh, for any team this season. Now, championships always regarded as, oh, if you get it out, get it wide, get it in. And obviously we've spoken a lot about teams like that on the pod, whereas I think Barnsley are a real team. They do play with that continental sort of style where they try and work the ball into better areas to have better shots. They do have more shots per games, uh, shots per game than us as well. And they have a couple of two or three really key players, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, in terms of weaknesses for Barnsley um, and and how we might um, get at them, um, it's going to be set plays. Um, they've conceded the most set play goals per game uh, or most set play goals this season. And interestingly, from open play, they've conceded the fewest shots out of any team in the league. And when you consider, obviously, the type of team and where Barnsley are expected to be in the table, they have more shots than us. It's a really like incredible stat that 
So there must be, you know, I think, like I said, the the three four three going back into a back five five four ones really hard to break down. They obviously work hard for each other. They've got a lot of energy, and do you know what? It's it's a really interesting game. It's going to be a lot harder than I probably anticipated when when you actually get in get down and have a look at it. So how would um, so Huddersfield themselves are going to to play Barnsley, but what sort of key players have you guys picked out for for Barnsley? There's there's quite a few that could potentially hurt. Hurters. Um, the one I've picked out is uh, Connor Chaplin. He's a bit like a, a budget David Brooks, if you like, that we came up against um, at Bournemouth last week. He, he gave us a little problem, a couple of problems last year as well at Barnsley. Um, decent player. Looks like he's improving to me. I quite like Luke Thomas off the bench, but Connor Chaplin seems a a, a solid player. You know, jumps into those little pockets behind the striker. Obviously, everyone knows about the striker. Um, but yeah, he to me he's a is, is a dangerous one uh, and one that we probably need to keep an eye on, especially uh, going from uh, the form last year as well. But Brady, who have you managed to uh, pick out of the uh, the Christmas box for Barnsley? Um, well, I I've gone for um, uh, I mean there's no there's no like secret with this one like like it was for Watford. Uh, I've gone for Alex Mauer. Um I think he's a great player. He he was kind of out of contract or he's out of contract soon. I think he's player town maybe get just my opinion but loves a shot from distance I think why I've picked him um, for this game is um, they brought in Matty James on loan from I think it's Leicester and uh, since he's come in it's allowed Mowat to get further forward and uh, he does love a shot from distance and he's he's one of those players that you always see in the like goal of the season reels at the end because uh, he does love a love a long range goal so I think he's a bit of a danger man he, he seems quite key to uh Quick key to uh, this Barnsley side and uh, Neil Warnock wants him apparently in January. So uh, you know, there you go. If one is, if it's good enough for Warnock, he's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with them. Um, I agree with both of those shouts. I like them both. Chaplin was someone we looked at uh, when I was still at town, and uh, Mauer obviously is someone who's who's obviously got great quality. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take the tap in, lads. Uh, I like that you've left that for me. Um, and speaking of tap-ins, obviously, uh, I'm going to go for Woodrow. Um, he scored 30% of Barnsley's goals this season. Second most shots per game uh, in the Championship this season for all players. Um, and interestingly as well, the ninth most assists across all players as well. So a lot of the goals uh, go through him um, if you combine that 30% with the ones that he assists as well. So I think you know he's. I think we spoke about uh, on one of the other pods before around. Uh, I know you guys spoke about replacing someone when we were looking to replace Grant and talking about Woodrow. I just think he's gone far beyond our price range. I think with his with his instincts um, and obviously what he's managed to do and what he's doing with Barnsley. I think it's um, and as we'll go on to, I'm sure on, when we talk about Blackburn in a little bit, it's going to be um, we're coming up against two of the best strikers in the league uh, in the next couple of games. So, like you've said, uh, Chris, so t- Barnsley have that three-four-three system that goes into a five-four-one in defence. Uh, like you say, tough to break down. Uh, how do uh, Town break that down then? Um, Barnsley probably put ten-ish behind the ball and leave Woodrow up front. I would imagine, if pending on selection, uh, how would you look to break a team like that down? And what weapons can uh, obviously positive weapons on this time? Not not like what Neil says on the podcast. But what sort of positive weapons uh, do you think we can use to? Uh, defeat them sometimes when you're obviously playing a team with obviously banking up with the five and the three centre-backs and their three centre-backs are good they're, they're solid in the air what they aren't they aren't mobile um, and they, they they can look a bit wooden at times but I think if we load empty I won't use the word empty but aimless crosses in there which isn't our style but if you can it can be quite easy to do that when you when you def, when you're playing against a back five um, and just put sort of aimless crosses in there. I think they'll eat them up all day. I think we need to be a bit more clever, maybe a few more like combinations. And certainly, like I keep saying it, I still, I'm, I'm still sticking by it. In this league, it's either moments of worldly genius or mistakes. And I think we've seen a few of those um, of either teams whenever, obviously, we've been playing. But I think we're probably going to need something like that. Maybe if someone with a bit of trickery, a bit of pace and... You know, maybe um, it might be one for one of the the tens, the wingers, to maybe just do something out of the ordinary and just try and you've got to try and bring them out, like suck them out of that that deep block and those three centre backs. Clever movement from from the forwards, opposite movements. You get your strikers coming towards the ball, and your your midfielders, maybe Lewis O'Brien's going in behind. Uh, I know you had a good game there last year with that that wonder goal, so you could potentially be someone as well. 
Uh, Brady, have you picked any key players out for town for this game? Yeah, I have. Um, it kind of follows on from what Chris says. Uh, I picked him quite a lot, but um, talking to to Carlo, who, who we'll hear a bit and a bit later, they do seem to struggle with any strikers that have a bit of a bit of pace uh, with their back three. Um, and I know it's not our style, but balls balls over the top, and I, I think it's just kind of if we play quick balls and get balls in behind and we have those pacey forwards, I think that's where we're going to get some joy. Um, it's a shame, but this would have been a great game for Karoma. So, but obviously I can't pick him. So I have picked him Benza. Um, I know I seem to pick him a lot, but I do think particularly for this Barnsley game, he's quick, he's tricky. I think he's exactly the type of opponent who can get some joy out of these three centre-backs. centre-backs. So, uh, yeah, I've gone for him, Benza. Um, I, do, I think this is going to be a really open game now, just talking about it. In general, I think it might be high scoring. Um, and again, because we're on identical points and identical wins and losses and pretty much the same goal difference. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high scoring draw, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. What have you got, Chris? I've got two players that I've picked out for town that could make a difference. So I'm going to throw it to you and then see if you pick one of them and then I'll pick the other. All right. Um, I'm going to stick. I know you've got obviously the conch there, but I'm going to go for um, my. I, don't know, I need some sort of some sort of like relic or something. But for Lewis O'Brien, like I mentioned before, he had a good game there last year. And as I've just mentioned there, I think we're going to need someone to break forward, support the strikers, um, particularly against those three centre-backs. We'll need someone to make the the life difficult for them down the side of them. As Brady's mentioned, um, they don't like quick quick play and movement behind them. And I think they'll find it difficult to pick runners from deep. Uh, And as well, obviously, a Yorkshire derby, all action. I just think he's great. Um, so I'm going to go for Lewis O'Brien uh, again. <laughs> There's your Lewis conch. I'll throw that Beautiful. in for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, the two players I've picked, so one of them was Ryan Schofield because I thought he was outstanding against Watford. Uh, I didn't see him come for the ball a lot in the box, you know, aerially, and I'm really interested to see how uh, improved uh, Ryan Schofield is because I think he's been fantastic since he's, he's come into the side and I'm really excited. I just find it really exciting when a young guy from Huddersfield who supports Huddersfield is in is playing for Huddersfield. I, I just there's nothing better to be honest. You know, as as a fan to see a fan playing, uh, and I know that's quite a, an idealistic cheesy line if you like, but I I, just, I think it's great. Uh, so for me, I, I really want to see Ryan Schofield's progression and hopefully to keep it up. But the man that I'm going to pick really is, um, it's a Longyear O'Brien theme, uh, Chris. Against Watford, uh, I thought the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, Lewis O'Brien didn't have the best of games in the first 20, 25. And what Carlos did was he swapped him with Bakuna, who also didn't play well in the first 20, 25 minutes. And they both kind of switched over. Bakuna went centrally and Lewis went left. And then they switched back later on as well. But that just seemed to reinvigorate both of them. And after that, early point they both played quite well and uh, it's that combination again for me of Bakuna and O'Brien which you know when you said it's going to take somebody who can you know create something or it's going to create or somebody who makes an absolute mess that's just Janino Bakuna isn't it all over (laughs) and uh, for me Bakuna is is due to uh, you know create or or score something for us and and win us a game I think he's, he's, he's overdue that and um so I'm going to pick Janino Bakuna as our key man because he's playing. Um, we just need to see a little bit more from him. And last week when I picked Fraser Campbell, you know, it was the same thing. We needed to see a little bit more from Fraser Campbell. And I think we perhaps just need to see a little bit more from Bakuna. And I'll be delighted as well if he if he uh, delivers. So uh, as it's a double bumper Christmas bonanza, um, <laughs> which almost almost said in Benza then. I, That's uh, all right. Yeah, let's go with the uh, strengths and weaknesses of Blackburn Rovers. Uh, Chris, Blackburn have got a lot of good attacking options. Um, as Brady might have mentioned, they've got some injuries, haven't they, Brady? But there are some good attacking options there, and there's a lot of players I quite like from Blackburn. And Tony Cars is over there. Tony Cars, when he was at Huddersfield, great guy, brilliant coach. Um, I'm really pleased to see him doing well, and players are coming through as well. There's a couple of young players coming through at Blackburn, which is great and testament to the to the good work Tony Cars does. Um, who have you? What what have you made of Blackburn then, and and uh, where are their strengths in particular? I think um, this is the two pretty chalk and cheese teams, really. 
you've got the three four three of Barnsley who will be fairly happy to sort of sit in a, a disciplined shape and, and soak up pressure and try and hit on the break. Whereas you've got um, Blackburn who are the third most possession-based team in the league, four three three, expansive, open. Um, I think that they've lost three out of the previous four before Boxing Day, um, obviously where they play Chef Wednesday. So I think they're similar to us. They're good at home, poor away. Um, I think they've got a few interesting. Um, I think they've got a few interesting sort of quirks. They have the second most shots per game, um, so it's going to be a shootout. But they also concede the fourth most. Uh, the fourth most shots per game, um, which is a really interesting conundrum. I think this one is the one I probably differ a little bit from Brady, where I think the Barnsley game, when we get onto the predictions in a minute, I think the Barnsley game could be tight. I think this one could be a shootout. This could be like a three-three, four-three, three-two type type affair. So, uh, yeah, I'll look at that and see they've got some obviously really talented players at the top end of the pitch. Absolute carnage at centre-back at the minute. I think you mentioned Bradley Johnson played there, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you can see sort of where they're at at the minute. Um, And I just think it could be a really exciting, open, free-flowing game. Uh, Brady, what are you making of them and lead us into a key player? Uh, yeah, so again, they they've actually got the the second highest scoring team in the league and um, thirty four goals. So they've got a lot of firepower. I think again, as we kind of you lads mentioned, they've got a lot of injuries to to centre backs. So we again, we're a bit chalk and cheese at home. We're doing really well at home at the moment and uh, a bit tricky away. And because these games at home, I do kind of fancy it. I, I think what we need to be kind of wary of is they have got. Um, for me, they've got better attacking players than us. Uh, um, I've not picked Adam Armstrong, but again, he's you know scored 15 goals already this season. He's decent. But I've actually gone for, for Harvey Elliott. I think this was a bit of a coup to get this young lad from Liverpool. Um, really hyped. But from from what I've seen from some Blackburn fans and again, kind of uh, people in the league in general, he is really impressive. Um, you know, still only 17. And I think he's quite interesting certainly from kind of highlights I've seen for a player so young, he is actually really good of like creatively drifting into kind of pockets of space and like doing his work from there. He's not your typical like pacey winger. And um, it, I think he, well, it'd be good to, good to see him on there when we play Blackburn because I think he's a really interesting player, but they do, they do have the attacking players to hurt us, even though they are weak defensively. But I do agree, I do agree with Chris. I think it is going to be a bit of a shoot out this one. Yeah, yeah, I look at that and I like their attacking talent and I've, I've picked three players uh, who to look at and that immediately tells you they've got injuries but I've still managed to pick three players out. Uh, one of them was, uh, my first one was Harvey Elliott. Uh, the second one is, is Adam Armstrong, obviously he's a player. I really liked when uh, I saw him play for uh, England under-17s. Um, <clears throat> England had a really good under seventeen side uh, when he was there with, with a number of... Uh, Different players. I might be. I'm not going to name them because I might get my sides mixed up. But he, um, I think he was in the same one potentially as Dom Solanke and um, and that group of players, Patrick Roberts, and uh, I think England actually won the 17s Euros that year. Um, and he was one of the key players, played up front as well. And I've, I've kind of followed him a little bit since, and he's taken a little while, I think, possibly due to his stature, to uh, to get to grips with first team football. But he's really doing it now, and I think he's one of the better strikers in this league, you know, capable of scoring a, a variety of goals, really a real talent and uh, Blackman will do well to keep hold of him, I think, over the next 12 months. And for me, he's the, uh, the uh, with Elliot and uh, I won't name any more because Chris might, but he's there's, uh, he's one of the main threats, I would say, Chris. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's again, you've just taken my tap in. I've already had Woodrow, <laughs> but as I mentioned before, they're going to be the two strikers who, you know, my arguably two of the best three strikers in the league. Spoke about Solanke previously. Um, the ma- the amazing thing, though, like, he's so dominant for them. He's such a focus. Just to elaborate on that point, the near it. So the, the the second highest shots per game in the league is Woodrow with three point six, as we just mentioned. Four point nine is what Adam Armstrong is, is having at shots per game. That's thirty three percent, nearly more than what <laughs> Carly Woodrow is having. So just to give you an idea of what sort of how much of a focal point he is. Um, just to highlight your point, Matt, really. The one I'm going to go for then is um, someone who really compliments him and he's an absolute... I really liked him for, for, for quite a while and I think he's almost just coming into his own now and he's a really good foil for the other two. I like with that front three that at times in the game they can all play off different parts. So Elliot might occasionally find himself as the nine. 
um, uh, Armstrong can play either of the sides. And the, the one I'm going to talk about is Sam Gallagher. He's, he's a big unit from Southampton, six foot three. People used to say he could edit, but now I think he's a real sort of specimen. He's a real threat, and he really does give you a nice um, balance. I think if Town had somebody like him with the mobility and the strength to really just mix it up a bit, I think it'd be some, someone like that. That ill could be a really good um, uh, match for them. And like I said, because he can play as well off the sides, he's mobile enough to play off the sides. He does a job defensively. Or, or, or is willing to. I think uh, I think Sam Gallagher is a really good foil for for the two you've mentioned. I think go back to yours as well, Brady Harvey Elliott. I think it's a really good development loan. I think the thing is, everyone's thought he's always had the, the talent. I think he's one one of the players who, you know, there's de- there's arguments, isn't there, for development at the minute? Do you send him out or do you keep him in? I think it's a really good move from from Liverpool to send him out and get used to it. Um, and and really sort of get him a good grounding in it because um, I think we've seen we've all seen his uh, his haircuts and his earrings and stuff which is absolutely nothing wrong with that at all uh, in the mo- particularly in the modern day you need a bit of that but I think it's a really good a really good loan for him with a really good sort of solid working working class manager like a uh, like a Tony Mowbray and someone still quite close that that Liverpool could keep an eye on him so I think we've I think the two. You've come up with and and and, and between the three of us there, yeah, it's a, it's a handful that from three. Yeah, fifteen goals this season um, has Armstrong, which you know is quite incredible, really already. Um, <clears throat> only better by Ivan Tony. I didn't realise both of them had that many goals either. Blackburn have got quite a lot of threat uh, that they can offer us, even with uh, their injury crisis. Uh, how do Huddersfield combat then a team like that? For me, uh, Chris, it seems like they'll be. Uh, quite a few open spaces potentially, especially if Blackburn are lacking centre backs. Uh, you may be looking at uh, some of the more attacking players Huddersfield have got, uh, and Carol Lighting in particular as well, to to open them up maybe. Yeah, I think it's good. Like I said, I think this this type of game suits us down at the ground, and I think it's a real big one. Like I mentioned at the beginning, the fact that we're at home and they're not, because they're very similar to us in terms of strong at home, poor away. So I think it, it really it really sort of suits us. I think it suits our I think it suits our wing backs as well, our full backs. I can see Toffolo having a good game against Elliot. Elliot might not be as keen going back and following Toff going the other way. So I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for one of our full backs. I'm gonna go for Toffolo in this one. If you can keep Elliot fairly quiet going one way, I think he can have a lot of joy going the other way. Although Niambi is a good is a good physical right back who I, I quite like. He is, yeah. Um, Brady, what have you gone with with Blackburn? Well, um, so again, I, th- I think well, kind of touching on the key player, but their injuries to their centre backs, and again, that'll be a good area to test. But we- we've talked about it a bunch of times, and the key player I've I've picked really is is, is Naby Sarr, um, as we've kind of <laughs> said so many times, Matt. You know, he has he, he when he plays well, Town tend to play well. Naby Moore is christened we- him now. If he plays well, Naby Moore. What if he don't play well? I've, I've not. I'm still disaster. Baron Moore. <laughs> disaster. Yeah, it's it's good job you caveat that we're working on that. I think you can do better, mate. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think this is a game where Naby Sard needs to be good because um, we've talked about that attacking threat, and I, I do think we can get some out of it, and you know. We've not really scored many from set pieces, but he is—he is a danger in the box. And if he, again, if they've got um, a bit of a centre back crisis, he could maybe be a bit of an attacking threat as well. So it's a good point, that because they've got they've had a good record from defensive set players, and Tony Aubrey teams tend to do. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, like you say, without this, without the centre backs, how, how that how that affects it. Yeah. So as I've mentioned already, Carol Lighting is my. Uh, key man for this game uh, in in a game which is going to open up and be full of space then you're looking at your more creative players to to find your your attacking outlets and link the play together so Carol Lighting for me I, I pick him quite a lot um, but yeah he's he's the one I've picked Chris did you pick a, a town player as key I'm not sure you did yeah I said tough tough of course you did yeah uh, right so with that in mind I think it's uh, time to jump to our uh, feature and it's return to the Mac Okay, so uh, return to the Mac. So we, we're going to do this over the two games, aren't we, this week? So, uh, Brady, what were the results of the last one? Oh, you put me on the spot here, but um, I don't check when I lose, and it's the first time I, I didn't, uh, haven't won Is in a while. Are you off so. the mark? Are you, Matt? Did you lose, Brady? Wow. Are you off the lose, mark, mate? mate? I think I am. 
I think I am. And do you know what? This, I was quite happy for any of the three to win this one because I thought they were all pretty decent. I think it was a good one. Um, Hang on, this I was, is, I was quite this surprised. Is live actually. checking. I was quite surprised. But I think it's, it's, close, it's very mate. close. It's very close. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Naki Wells got thirty-seven, uh, and Ronald Jepsen got thirty-eight. So um, yeah, very close. Just bit me, but you know, good winner. Worthy winner, to be fair. Yeah, good lad was. Uh, Rocky big Ron. presence, big presence, Ronnie. Big presence. Uh, yeah. So uh, this week, so we're gonna go for a couple. Um, I usually go first because I've usually finished last, but uh, on this occasion, um, who wants to go first, Brady or Chris? We'll go Actually Chris because Brady usually win this, so we'll go Chris first. Yeah, I finished last as well. Um, this is an interesting one. This um, obviously picking for two games. We're now starting to get to the more trickier challenges as well which is which is also good I don't think we've had this guy before and considering I'm supposed to be keeping count it's, it's to be all we haven't but um, I'm going to go for I think we spoke about across both teams we've spoke about um, the lack of pace and mobility when you do get down and expose Barnsley's centre-backs and being physical and strong we've spoke about Bradley Johnson playing at centre-back for uh, for Blackburn and I think I, I look at Lenny who was the other centre-back and I think he's he's not someone who will enjoy someone being direct aggressive against him and bearing in mind um, for obviously all you poll voters and I know everyone who votes on the poll will have listened um, so I'm thinking yeah, I'm right talking facing. in his prime I'm talking in his prime here and I think if we had this guy who could run the channels could hold it up could take the ball, uh, could dribble, could go past people. On his day, obviously, at one point, we were thinking straight to the Premier League he would go. I'm going to go Huddersfield lad in keeping with your Ryan Schofield. I'm going to go Delroy Facey. Oh, I was joking as well. That's two in two weeks, I've guessed. Two in two weeks, you've called, mate. So Delroy, <laughs> I'm going to go with Delroy. Delroy Facey. Uh, go on then, um, Braidhouse. What have you gone for? Now, okay, did we? I'm gonna again. This is this is shows the good prep of the pod. Have we had Pilkington before? Because I yes, I think I so. We have right. Okay, so. that's fine. I think so. Okay, I'll go for my I'll go for my rogue choice. Um, this was more for the Blackburn game. Um, just because they've got a bit of a centre back problem, and I think they'll rough it up. And I'm talking about first season of this player because I really I really rated him. Um, I'm going for Laurent Departure because I I actually think he would have been class in the championship and you know I always thought with him and Mounier Mounier had more kind of the technical skill and you know was better with his feet but Departure would run for you all day and as we saw with uh, Caballero he'll, he'll batter people as well <laughs> so um, yeah I, I, I picked Departure I really liked him kind of shame what happened with him in the second season because uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. I, I, the thing that Toilets, yeah, at the uh, canal side. So he, uh, he had to go across the road. I think. I think that's probably maybe what upset him. But there we go. What made me laugh though was I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember when we signed him and we hadn't got the kit yet? So he was in that. He was in that polo, and he, yeah. he honestly looked like some bloke from the pub. It just didn't look like a footballer because he was huge as well. He's going from the peacock. Just, yeah, yeah mate, no, he's great. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a bit torn on this one. Um, I've also I've also not prepared properly, so there is that. <laughs> so, um, but I think this time because my main thing, uh, the, my main thinking here is that town squads not the biggest, and we've got a couple of injuries, and we don't have many. When you look to the bench, our, our first eleven's not bad; it's it's quite decent. But when you look to the bench, you you think there's probably not a lot of there's a lot of kids on there and a lot of unknown quantities who could come good at some point. I'm sure they will. Um, but there's not someone that you look at and you think, do you know what, let's throw him on. He's going to really change things up. Uh, so I'm going to cheat, really, because I spoke to him the other day and it's fresh in my mind. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to go for Ian Dunn because I think Town lack a, a game changer. And Bakun is starting at the minute, so we lack a, a game changer from the bench. So I'm going to pick, um, I'm going to go full talk spot. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Cozzy, what, what's your favourite away day? 
Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Got Moose here and say my friend Ian Dunn. He probably think he called Aww. me Cosy the other day, so he's probably not his friend. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I was using his uh, his Zoom, so it said Cosy in the bottom corner, and he looked at it and went, "Yeah, I'll tell you what, Cosy." And I was like, oh, "He doesn't know." You do look I'm not his friend. I can't go full Moose on him. Uh, but yeah, Ian Dunn, because the reason for for Dunny is because because of what I said. You need someone to come off the bench and and change the game. And uh, you know, and, and again, Depoitre was was all right at that, I guess. Um, and um, yeah, that's it. So uh, return to the Mac. Uh, Chris, remind us who you went for. Delroy. Delroy. Brady. Pete Delroy. I've got, I've got to stress Pete Delroy. Can we remember Pete what Pete Delroy was like? Was there a Pete? Delroy was about 16 when he was peak, wasn't he? he was, oh, and he was an absolute <laughs> monster. Yeah, he was. Uh, Bradford City, 1998. I remember that game where Delroy played on the left hand side and he absolutely oh, ruined them. He destroyed them. Yeah, he did. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so, uh, and I've gone for Ian Dunn, so it'll be an interesting one uh, to throw out. Uh, Chris, I think you might come last on this one, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think it's just one of those things. I'm happy to keep coming last, mate. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm confident with my rationale. No, the know, rationale's I'm, decent. The rationale's oral decent. victory. And what I would like to do now is we are going to speak to uh, some other people at the podcast that we do, so we're going to hear more rationale. Uh, so earlier, Brady chatted to Carlo van der Watering from the Reds Report, and he's going to give us the Barnsley point of view. Cool, and I'm joined on the line now by uh, Carla van der Watering from the Barnsley uh, podcast, The Red Report. Carlos, how, how you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, win at the weekend always helps. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> if, if only we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be saying it a lot this season, mate, anyway. So, um, yeah, just wanted to chat to you, really, because um, obviously you lost uh, Gerhard Struber, but you've got your new, your new boss in. So, um, it's been a bit... Quite a lot happened this season already. So, what have you made of the season so far? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's almost like become like Barnsley to have at least one or two managerial changes per season, isn't it? We had Standall, he did really well, and then that stalled. And then Struber came in. We had the great escape away at Brentford. Um, I think since Valerian Smell come in, he, he's done the little things right. We know Coley Woodrow's a striker, so you don't play him in the dumb ten role. And Coley's already scored more goals than last season because he's you know up front. Uh, we brought Matty James in from Leicester, who we've had before in midfield, um, purely because it allows Alex Mowat to move further up the pitch and then he can score the sort of goals that are on, like, goal of the day. Well, you know, whenever, whenever he scores. So um, he, he's installed lots and lots of self-belief and, and the fitness is, um, I have to say, it's immaculate. Uh, the high press, the intensity, and it's literally for 90 minutes. So we've been, we've been very impressed by him. Um, the results are... Um, are definitely very, very positive for Barnsley. It's 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 great not to be in the bottom three at Christmas, because um, that's normally our um, our target is to just be out of the bottom three. So he's done really well. Um, he's steadied the ship, uh, installed self belief, playing players in the right position, and the results are coming alongside. Yeah, and like you say, Valerian Ishmael has seemed to transform Barnsley in, in such a short space of time. Really. So, what are you guys expecting for the rest of the season? Um, um, I, 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 in fairness, I said at the beginning of this season, but then that didn't happen on the straw. But all we, all I ever wanted, um, everybody loves the club more than any other club. All I ever wanted was to compete in the championship. And um, you could say, well, you know, we competed last season because we survived. We only survived because of the, the point deduction at Wigan. Well, to be fair. Um, and I think it just shows that with the same players, I know we've had a couple brought in, but with 90% of the same players, it's all about man management. When you've got the youngest squad in the NFL, it's about how you work with these young players. And love them or hate them, the Barnsley board have done that absolutely spot on. If you look at the, the last three managers we've had, Standall got us promoted, you know, Struber um, got us, uh, well, not, not relegated, kept us safe last day. And I think what you see with Valerian Ismail is he, he gets the best out of the players he's got. Um, so if we can compete um, rather than just survive I would be really happy if the season finished today um, absolutely mid-table and it gives you something to build on then doesn't it so um, yeah just to compete and be an all-round decent sort of championship club will be ideal for us Yeah I mean that's that's kind of similar to what I wanted this season so um, 
obviously we were talking about it before before we start recording and um, how gutted we are that it's a Yorkshire derby on Boxing Day and we can't go. Um, what are you expecting from from the game? It's listen, you, you you've got a decent up and coming um, gaffer, haven't you? Who will, who will have done his homework on Barnsley and he'll have seen that against Sheffield Wednesday, again against Swansea. Within the first three minutes, we, we went to goal down. Um, our, our style of play has its has its negatives. Uh, I think the three centre backs, maybe not Mads Anderson, but the other two do lack a bit of pace. So you see a lot of teams having some joy with the high ball over the top. And if you've got a pacey front man, which I know you have, um, that can cause us problems. And I think um, if you allow Barnsley to play their style of play, I think that's when you, you, you sort of run into problems. We've had the most difficult matches and they've actually been the last three. So Swansea, Wednesday, Wickham. And, and it was sort of like, it was really hard because we never really got in our stride and it became like hoof and hope football. I mean, we could say that because it's Wednesday anyway, but literally just booting up the pitch and hoping somebody gets at the end of it. And it wasn't pretty. Um, against Wickham and against Wednesday, you know, we came on top. But against Swansea, um, you know, we, we didn't. And, and that was a couple of days ago. We lost 2-0. And um, I expect honest to be pretty even. I mean, you couldn't be more even, these two teams, Huddersfield and Barnsley, than what they are at the moment. We're, same number of points. We've won the same, lost the same, drew the same. I think you're above us because of. I think you've scored a goal more, although our goal difference is the same as well. So it's a shame because... Um, it's great because everybody always talks about these Yorkshire teams when you talk about your Sheffield United and your Leeds. But let's let's fair. I know they're a division higher, but they're not pulling any trees up, are they? So the informed teams are Huddersfield and Barnsley. So um, it's a shame that it's Boxing Day and we can't go. Um, it'd be good. It'd be good. Um, I think Huddersfield have always been a decent side. You know, you went up, then you stayed up, you came back down. Um, and I think... It, it's all for me. It's all about the midfield. It's it, it, for Barnsley. We we like play the ball on the floor, uh, quick interchanges of passes. If you cancel the midfield, then you you give yourself a chance to score. Um, and you know, like you say, you come off the back of a decent win at the weekend. Um, we had um, was it three wins and then we lost against Swansea. Uh, they've had a week's rest, so um, yeah, it's a shame we have to watch it on on, on ILO, but definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, no, same, same here. I think it's um, like you say two exciting teams play play the right kind of football in, in my opinion so I'm looking forward to it I uh, I do kind of push everyone for a for a score prediction um because so what are you thinking for this game um well I, I've always thought uh, honestly be even I don't think that there'll be many goals um what I have seen from Barnsley is when we lost the game we've always come back really really strong and I think his man management's got a lot to do with that so um I went for 2-1 um, because you will score a goal because most teams do against us. Um, but I think we'll just nick it by literally by, by, by a single goal. Um, yeah, so I'll go for 2-1. No, that's great. And just, just before we go, um, I mean, you, you covered it a little bit, but what have you kind of made of us this season? Um, just be intrigued because obviously when you, it's another Yorkshire club, I always kind of like to keep an eye on them and I suppose it's the same for you. Yeah, it's... Um, if, when you look at the fixtures and you sort of think, you look at what teams around, you think, oh, we could go above these because these are loose. But then, like, was it Watford for you at the weekend? Um, yeah. And um, you, you do it all right, don't you? you? You don't go on, well, a bit like Barnsley, you don't go sort of like on a massive run. And you, you get, you, sometimes you don't get the result you want against teams you think you would, get them, you would get them against. But then teams higher up at the table, you take three points from. It's the style of play. There's two things I like about it. It's the style of play. But what I like, um, and I like to think Barnsley is very similar. We never shout about being the biggest or the best or whatever. We just play our football in the championship. Um, fans have always been decent. And... Um, I am more gutted because, you know, when, the, when the, the, the fixtures come out, you think, oh, that's the one you look forward to. I feel Wednesday always think that we look forward to a day out there. We don't. For me, it's always, when do we play Huddersfield? Either home and away. When it came on Boxing Day, I thought, oh, COVID will be over by then. We'll all, be, mm. we'll all have injections. We'll all be fine. And I'm absolutely gutted because on Boxing Day, when we would normally be somewhere in Lancashire, um, and, and it's, it's, I, I, I generally um, think we will not finish far from each other anyway in the final table. Um, more than likely, I think it, it, the January transfer window is very, very important for Barnsley. The system they've got of bringing in younger players, developing them and selling them on is fantastic. The problem is when they are doing pretty well, and when you look at a, a Callum Styles that's been with us for a couple of years, we brought him for Bury, he's playing really, really, really well. He's now getting interest from elsewhere. We just have to hope that by the end of January, he is still a Barnsley player. 
Um, and I, I expect us to be very close on Saturday as well as at the end of the season. And, and I would see us both finishing sort of comfortable in, in mid-table. I really do. I think you're absolutely right, Carlo. But uh, thanks so much for coming on, mate. And best of luck for the rest of the season. After Saturday, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's safe for you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, OK, thanks to Carlo for doing that for us. Uh, it's always good to uh, to speak to Carlo. Uh, really smashing bloke there, Brady. Uh, OK, right, lads. It's time for the creamy beige skinny chinos. It's time for David Wagner's blue cap. The New Balance trainers. The Vision Express glasses of the month. Mark Robbins' glowering glare. Uh, how do we set up to get something and our predictions on the day? So ideally, um, given what we know so far, we, we, we're recording this on the 21st. The games are on the 26th and 28th, I think. Um, so we're, we're a good week away from the Blackburn game. but So our selections may be a little bit um, on the light side towards um, lack of info really. Uh, Chris, uh, I'm going to go with Brady, sorry, first, because I realise I've gone to you first quite a few times, so I like to be fair. Brady, um, what have you gone for in terms, and how would you line up against uh, Barnsley and Blackburn? What, what are you, you don't have to name the 11, I guess, overall, but what would you, what tweaks would you make for this one? Um, I, I'd really, I'd keep the same team, to be honest. I, I think I was impressed with us at Watford. Um, I also think we haven't got, got a lot of choices given given some of the injuries. Um, the only thing I'm talking with, and again, you kind of you kind of mentioned it, Matt, it is time for Bakuna to have a good game. Um, but I think if he doesn't at, at Barnsley, the only change I'd make is maybe swap him out for Pritchard because, Again, I think he's someone who needs to come good and he, he can play on the left wing. So that's kind of my only changes, really. But same team. Um, I was really impressed with Schofield at the weekend as well. Um, made some fantastic reaction saves and seems to, you know, keep his place. So again, I don't, don't know what's happening with Hamer in general, um, injury-wise anyway. But yeah, not not many changes, to be honest. Just keep the same team and uh, try and get the results. Yeah, so I, I'm, we spoke to on the, uh, the main podcast, we spoke to Phil Senior and, and he was saying that... Um, Keeping the same team, you know, helps you gather, you know, sort of gets you on a roll and helps you gather momentum. And, you know, I, I listen to Phil and I think it's, you know, a good point that he's made. Uh, and I will probably do the same thing as well, try and keep it as close as possible. And, and Town have used more players than the majority of the, the bottom half of the division as well this year, which was a surprise to me. Uh, so, yeah, I go for Schofield. Schofield, I think it's really important if you're going to blood players in a season, I think a mid-table season and... Um, I think Stephen and uh, and David Hartrick might have said this on their, their podcast earlier, actually, that I think it's really important when you um, have a, an okay season. It's it's This is the time to kind of blood in one or two young players because, you know, you're not at risk of going going down and, you know, you're not going to go up. So Ryan Schofield, for me, now takes the, the gloves, provide, you know, providing he's he's fit and well and he's in form. So I would, even though Ben Hamer's played well, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it Ryan Schofield. The same back four, Pippa, Romani Emmons Green falls into that category as well for me. So Romani's done really well. Um, and, it, you know, I've been really impressed with him. So he stays, Nabisar stays, Harry Toffolo stays. And I like the midfield three now of Iting, Hogg and O'Brien. I think there's pretty good balance in there. And what I, I did like what Carlos did with regards to Bakuna and O'Brien and swapping them over to try little things differently. And I will try to do that again, maybe in this game, I think. Both of them can find little pockets of spaces to hurt Barnsley, and I think that'll be an interesting watch. And and Benzer obviously, and it'll be interesting to see how Fraser Campbell is because Fraser Campbell's obviously picked up a bit of a knock uh, in uh, ten minutes in against Watford and soldiered through. So we'll see where Campbell's at. But uh, Kean Harrop may appear on the bench, I would imagine, after uh, playing in a youth team game. So uh, Fraser Campbell starts up front. Uh, Chris, what's uh, what are you going with? And, and again, Blackburn, I would I would keep the same team for both. If possible. Yeah, I think it's difficult to keep the same team for both of those games over the festive period, to be honest. Um, I can see the merits in keeping the same team from the Watford games. You've got a week, virtually, just over a week. Um, to, no, exactly a week. Sorry, what about about? Um, to, um, to keep that same team. So I can, I can see that. Um, I think then you maybe have to make a couple of changes for the uh, for, for the Blackburn game, particularly. It could be a very different type of game as well, and being at home. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd keep it similar, but I think there'll be a couple of changes then, even though we've not got much to change uh, for the Blackburn game. Okay. Uh, Score wise, then who's going to uh, throw their predictions in first? 
Go on, mate. I'm happy to stick my neck out. I'm just shocking at this. So, um, I mentioned um, the Barnsley game first. I'll do. In the last eight, they've won four, drawn four, which says they don't have many draws. So there's going to be a draw. <laughs> uh, that's the logic that I've come to now. Uh, so just completely forget everything else that's gone on and just go with that. I think we'd probably be happy with the draw. Um, they're in a, you know, we all we don't seem. I don't have very memories, many memories of us doing well at Oakwell. Um, it'd have been great if there'd have been some fans there. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw in that game. They finished games really strong. They scored eight and only conceded three in the last 15 minutes uh, across their game this season. So I can see us maybe going in the lead, um, maybe early in the second half and then pulling one back later on. The Blackburn game could be absolute chaos, as I mentioned before. Um, I really fancy that to be plenty of goals. Um, again, they're similar to us. I think they struggle away from home. I think we'll be ready to come back home and I think we'll win. And I think we'll win 3-2. Red House. Well, um, sorry, someone was kicking off at my uh, 11 there, so a bit, yeah. bit of a pod secret for you there. Um, yeah, so uh, Barnsley, I I think, again, because it's Christmas, you get funny games because it's a Yorkshire derby. I also think as soon as we're on identical points and wins and losses, I think it's going to be a draw, but I think it's going to be, I predicted it last week and it didn't come true, um, but it resulted in a win, so that's my logic here, so I'm going two all again, I think um, yeah, I think we're both prone to a mistake and could be interesting I think Blackburn again, maybe being confident because um, there's more games coming up but I think that's going to be a crazy game and I think that's going to be three two to us. So quite a lot of goals to enjoy over Christmas. Hope, hope I'm right. So you're both going three two, Blackburn. Uh, mm. Yeah. So predictions. I've gone. I've Chris. I'm similar. I've gone for a draw at Barnsley. I just, I just think that I look at Barnsley's games and I saw Bournemouth kind of rip through them. Didn't Bournemouth and us play? I wouldn't say an identical brand of football. And Swansea, I think, have beaten them. Them recently, but I would liken as similar, more similar to those kind of sides than your your Birmingham's, etc. And they seem to have caused them a few problems. But I don't think we're as strong as them either. So I've gone for a draw on the on the basis that we'll probably have some joy, but probably not good enough to quite keep them out. And I think a draw would be a good result. I think you're very right in that as well. Uh, and Town versus Blackburn, I've probably gone a bit more conservative with this, um, but based on the strength of Blackburn's injury crisis, I think both teams will be tired. I think there'll be gaps. And yeah, that's a really good point. I've gone for a two-one to Town, but what the way I think it will go is I think Town might go two-nil up again at home, uh, and then take the foot off the gas with more games coming up, and Blackburn will probably pull one back, and then that that's how it goes in my head anyway. That uh, it's going to be two-one, and then maybe a bit of a a very sort of squeaky bum time at the end, if you like, as Blackburn pull forward for a, for another. But uh, that's the way I see it going. Um, four points that'd be fantastic. Um, I think we've have we all gone four points there. Yeah, yeah. Look at this positive show, aren't we? Positive preview show. Um, yeah, so that's what we've done for the prediction. So let us know what you guys think as well. And, you know, when we pull our finger out in the new year, we'll definitely have this uh, <laughs> this competition set up as well. Uh, right, so one thing I want to mention first before we get into our final bit will be uh, when we talk about Christmas at a football club through the eyes of Mr. Markham. Uh, the other day I partook in a uh, Christmas podcast in aid of uh, the uh, Huddersfield Town Fans for the Foundation, uh, HTSA uh, organised a, a joint podcast between ourselves, uh, Stephen Chickens, Utabia Terrier and uh, the Town Social. And uh, we got together, had a chat, had a little bit of a quiz uh, and it's all in order, uh, all in aid, I should say, of, of trying to make money for the Huddersfield Town Foundation for Christmas as well. So um, if you... Uh, I obviously will apologise because, you know, I don't like having people say think that they're hard to pay to listen to me because I'm not that great <laughs> or anything. But, you know, the money does go to the town foundation and that's the, the most important thing. You're not, um, you're not paying to listen to me, thankfully. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, that will be available. Uh, it should actually be available when this podcast goes out. So um, we will advertise that. And uh, Can we give any spoilers, mate? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a 2020... Review. I've heard you were pretty. I've heard the rumors. The rumor mill was you were pretty elite. <laughs> I was embarrassing, but I'll, I'll let <laughs> I'll let people decide on what level. But I was uh, I was pretty embarrassing at something, and um, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing uh, how that happened as well. So um, but we'll see. We'll see. So the Superpod 2020 uh, Town Foundation fundraiser is out now. 
Uh, and uh, like I say, it all goes to a good cause and you're not listening to or paying to listen to me as a, as a professional or anything. So there we go. So uh, that uh, is done. And Christmas as well at a football club. Mr. Markham, um, what's it like? Yeah, it's um, it's an inter- it's a really interesting time because obviously depending on what um, what sort of momentum, what sort of moment you're in, it can be either real bits where you really gather that team spirit can really increase even more or it can also be a bit like Groundhog Day and you can easily get into a rut. So I think, you know, obviously being in being inside of, of, of the club, there's two main things really that, that are the big things to uh, to think about. And this is, you know, obviously it's easy for fans to maybe forget that the lads and the players and the staff, they have their families and everything too. And the one thing that the every year about November time, there's two things, obviously one's the Christmas party, but obviously that's not the case this year. And then it's what, what does this manager do? What does this staff do for Christmas day? Now I've worked loads of Christmas days and I've had it where we've been off. I've had it where we've done it in the morning. I've had it where we've done it in the afternoon. I've had it where we've traveled to the hotel on the evening and trained at night. So everyone can have the day. And it's just, there's no right or wrong. I genuinely believe that there's, you know, there's, we've, I think I've only, I was working out, we'd only, I've only, when I've been um, working uh, with Town on Boxing Day, I only lost one out of of eight, which was interesting because I thought that would have been a lot worse. However, there was some disappointing draws in there, to be honest. Um, But I think there's, yeah, so there's no real rhyme or reason for it, uh, the way that I see it, uh, in terms of that that sort of Christmas day conundrum. Obviously, I think it's a really special, obviously for, you, for, for, for loads of reasons, but I think it's a really special time. Everyone looks forward to the boxing day games. I think it's a really good point. You made Brady about Barnsley. The Barnsley game would have been a really good game. I think it would have been a full house at Oakwell. Um, it would have been a, you know, a really special occasion. Um, and I just think, you know, it, when I was growing up as well, it's part of the it's part of the Christmas period, and not being able to get up and go to the game. I think this is probably the game that I'd miss more than any of them of going to actually being able to go live. I think it's part of so many families' traditions, and 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 obviously, particularly with it being a, a big game this year. So yeah, um, like I said, it, it can be a real tricky one. Um, I suppose when I was when I was younger. Um, I was just happy to be in. I wanted to work all the time. I actually really liked the atmosphere of working Christmas Day. It was a job that obviously I loved and everyone else did. At the time as well, we were flying um, and it it was just good to be in and being around. But obviously you had the lads who were maybe travelling from a bit further and obviously had younger families. And now I've got a young family myself. You look and think, it must be hard. And I think it's just a a little one to remind that although footballers, I'm not trying to cry poor for footballers or people who work in football at all, but I think it is worth remembering that they do sacrifice a lot, uh, particularly over this time of year. We've had away games at different places and stuff. So I think it's just it's just worth bearing in mind. And I think this year when it's been such a difficult and, and tricky year, um, it would have been just such a fillet, wouldn't it, for us to help be able to go to the game. Mm. I think that's one thing we've missed, especially... With the football that we're playing at the minute, I think um, I was having a conversation earlier in a, in a WhatsApp group, and uh, we were <clears throat> we were suggesting really that not having fans in the stadium has probably helped the club initially this season. You know, the likes of Mbenza, Ben Hamer, especially. You know, not having fans there has really sort of um, given them the um, the freedom to to play football and improve. And I think it's got to the stage now whereby we're in twelfth. We're in twelfth. And I think everybody's buying into what Carlos is is delivering as well. And I think having fans back in the stadium now would be a huge boost to them in the same, you know, in the same sort of context. Uh, and I think uh, having the town fans back in would be a wish for the new year. Uh, but obviously, we're we're bound, and obviously, we don't. We, safety comes first, doesn't it? In at the end of the day. But uh, just on Christmas, what's it? It's just thinking about what it's like, Chris. Do you get time to open your presents in the morning, or is it straight out of the door at eight o'clock? You know. The wife's at home, based like in the said, Turkey, and, and, and this is, you're out. Like, um, Rose Yeah, usually I'd like an advanced committee of players who would come into the manager's office and want to know, right, what time we in, what time, you know, as lads might be living here, my lads might be living there, we're going to stay over, what we're going to do, obviously as soon as the fixtures come out. Um, so it was really different, you know, some years it would be, I remember one year we had the day off, uh, I, think, I think two years I've had the day off, and 
one we won and one we lost. Um, that was the only one we lost where we did have a day off. But then we, we've had some where you come in, in and out really quick. I remember one where we didn't even, the only things that were open in Canal Side, no one wanted to come and open the main building. The only thing that was open at Canal Side was the porter cabins and they were freezing. So it just doesn't make, didn't, at the time, we didn't really want to make people come in and, uh, and, and get changed, spend a lot of time there. The big thing for me, obviously, trying to do the team prep was with the coaches, was actually looking at where the, um, where the sort of, um, when we do the team meeting. So that ended up invariably the lads were so keen to get off um, and get in quite late and obviously spend as little time there as possible uh, away from the training pitch. We try and do the meetings and maybe sort of give a little bit back to the lads if they were in on Christmas Day. So we'd do team meetings maybe on, on the morning of the game or we'd do one on the we'd do a, a bigger one on Christmas Eve and then maybe just do walkthroughs on the field. Um so there's ways around it to sort of keep up because you've got to get the balance right as well. It's such a it's all right saying, oh, they should be in, they should be working. But when you're talking about morale of a group of lads, you need to keep that up as well, especially depending on what sort of moment you're at in the season. So it really is a delicate balancing act of making sure that the lads are well prepared. And you you also keep the spirits up because uh, depending on what type of different moments, obviously, it, it's, it's such an important thing. My wife's just had a, a Christmas hamper delivered from work. Did uh, Huddersfield Town ever do anything like that with uh, players? Or do they ever do presents, or do you do Secret Santa and things like that? Yeah, they used yeah. to do. Um, they used to do. Obviously, the 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 staff Christmas do um, was not one for the players, but the players would obviously tend to have their own Christmas Christmas do's. And I'm sure if you listen to the Under the Cosh, as we mentioned last week, you'll hear of some absolutely mental stories about some of the goings on in them. And I can confirm and deny some of them as well. Um, but I think the um, you know the, the the main one was the club was always really good at putting on the the staff Christmas do so the, the the coaching staff and the wider staff group who worked with the players and obviously around the club that was always a real feel good um, feel good environment and I think the way that people always viewed it is obviously not just the players and the staff you know you've got people who work in the club you know that 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 obviously obviously I think of people like Sue Beaumont and. And Robin and the people and the girls that work in the office and doing all the uh, working with all the really good um, you know initiatives that we have and making sure that the club functions. They're working on their Christmases as well. So I think it's um, I think people sort of understand that that's part of the privilege of working in football. And you know I think sometimes, like I said, depending on what moment you're in, it could be brilliant and you would it wouldn't even feel like going to work. But there was a there's a, there's a couple of games that really spring to my mind Boxing Day where it really did genuinely ruin your Boxing Day, and uh, that then your you know if your family's maybe not as not as much into the football as, as you are of so when you're bringing your work home on Christmas it can tend to be a bit of a mood killer. So I've also had that side of it as well. So it is it is I, I I miss it. I'd love to get back into it um, at some point. But I think it's it just for just an interesting one for people to maybe think about actually having to do that and, 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 and thinking about the sacrifices that, that are made by people who work in the club and people who work with the team. Mm. And, and Chris, sorry. I realised, yeah, that the backroom staff went in as well, you know, the, the likes of the marketing and whatnot. I never realised that. Was the Maybe case. not on Christmas Day, but even all around Christmas, yeah. you know, while we're all clocking off now, Mad Friday, there's no Mad Friday, it's Mad Christmas. Yeah, it's a lot of games, isn't there? Brady, what yeah. were you uh, wading in with? No, sorry, mate. I was going to say you don't have to reveal any names, but the kind of joke about um, footballers at Christmas is that uh, certain players get bookings so they miss the Boxing Day game. Um, mm. Was there any? You don't have to name players, but was there any people who Not off did the top that? Of my head. I, I can't remember anything like that um, off the top of my head. Um, no, because obviously that would have been. I think the old, uh, the accumulation of bookings is probably an easier one to get away with, maybe if I had to wrap my brains. But I've never, I can't remember anything where someone's just sort of last two minutes just gone and hacked somebody over just to get, because ultimately, like, we all, I think there was, we, we've had discussions before as coaching staff, and it's like, well, the, you just get them in. You probably make them train twice um, rather than give them, you know, and get any time off. And you still have to, you know, uh, nearly every occasion if a first team player is not playing they're expected to come to the stadium particularly on Boxing Day so they're not getting anything out of it uh, especially That's interesting I think there's probably a lot of things that people don't don't realise you know in terms of who works and, and what goes on at a club at Christmas because obviously it's a very busy time we've just we're crunching a podcast together 
you know, because of the uh, the amount of shot gains in short time. So that's uh, really interesting at the uh, at the football club. And I think we'll probably call the podcast uh, there today. Um, thanks for that little insight, Chris. And you know, we might actually look to you for some more insight as the uh, the weeks go by. If you've got any more stories, you know, we might lean on you a little bit more. But uh, thanks to uh, everybody for for listening. Thanks to Magic Rock for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Uh, and thanks for the interaction you guys give us as well. And make sure that you keep voting for my choices in Return to the Mac as well. And I'll keep uh, liking your tweets in uh, in response. You know, that's the deal that we've got going on. So uh, thanks for listening again. And we'll be back. Uh, uh, the main podcast will be back before, but uh, I think we'll be back possibly after the Blackburn game. Looking forward to the new year. Okay. Merry Christmas, guys. And Merry yeah, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, what a night. Late in May. 2017 Schindler scored It was a happy dream What a feeling What a night Oh what a night Wagner singing We are Premier League The greatest sights In Georgia Square It seems what an evening, what a night Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walks And a fans and then The commentator yelled, he takes that chance So save him, mesmerizing me. Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea. Stanford Bridge, or oh, what a night. Whoa, I, I got a funny feeling when he wore an offense. Commentator yelled, he takes our chance Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Oh, what a Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.